Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, September 7th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are today's headlines. Today's the first day of class for New York City's public schools. But if you take the bus to school every day, you may have to find a different mode of transportation beginning on Monday. That's due to the possibility of a bus driver strike, which could happen as soon as next week. But as we reported last week, the city plans to arrange other modes of transportation, like rideshares, to support New York City's students and families. The ongoing dispute between drivers could impact around 80,000 students. And amidst the potential strike, some are worried about the city's capacity to house and educate the added number of migrant students who've come to New York since the beginning of the summer. However, schools chancellor David Banks clarified that there's enough room for every child in New York City's classrooms. And some may notice that the start of the new year is also the beginning of a new literacy curriculum. That's right, Jay. Today marks the launch of the New York City Reads Campaign, a new citywide initiative that'll include phonics-based lessons to help students sound out words and letters. The campaign was announced in May by Mayor Eric Adams and Schools Chancellor David Banks. They hope this program will eventually boost reading proficiency in elementary schools in all five boroughs. Today is the beginning of the plan's first phase, which makes its refreshed curriculum available in about half of the city's districts. And according to the Department of Education, all of the districts will embrace the plan by the end of 2025. If you planned on subway surfing to get your next viral video, you'll have to think again. Popular platforms such as Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat are working with the MTA to flag and remove videos of people riding on top of subway cars. This dangerous activity has already caused five deaths and 88 arrests this year. In addition to the help of tech companies, a new campaign launched by the MTA includes messaging that reads, Ride Inside, Stay Alive, Subway Surfing Kills. City officials hope these preventative measures will help protect all individuals from accidents moving forward. If you follow the New York City Department of Sanitation on social media, you might notice they've been putting some businesses in their place. The department's account on X, formerly known as Twitter, has been singling out a few of the city's famous companies for not following proper trash disposal rules. Just this week, the account singled out Ralph Lauren's flagship store in Manhattan's Upper East Side, posting pictures of the brand's uncontained trash laying out on the street. And when it comes to Dunkin' Donuts and their half-hearted compliance, the sanitation department had one thing to say. Do the rats run on Dunkin'? But it's not all negative. The sanitation department has tweeted that many of NYC's small businesses are already following the new rules. And the account has given kudos to businesses like McDonald's for their diligent trash containment efforts around the city, keeping things tidy and rat-free. There's a new pop-up event coming to the city's meatpacking district this weekend. WFUV's Emma Murphy has the story. So Emma, what's this event all about? Well, it's celebrating the launch of Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Guts. It's been more than two years since the launch of her last album, Sour, which has sold over four and a half million copies. So this new music is pretty anticipated. Wow, so I'd imagine that fans in the area are probably excited for the event. What should they expect there? It'll be an immersive Guts-themed experience with decorations inspired by the album, so visitors are encouraged to take pictures. There'll also be plenty of merch to shop, beanies, bumper stickers, and of course, hoodies and sweatshirts. When can visitors visit the pop-up shop? It'll run from 1 to 6 on Friday and noon to 7 on Saturday and Sunday. But Rodrigo's top Spotify listeners with an American Express card can get one hour early access to the event and a free tote bag. 
Wow, I guess being a fan really pays off. Emma Murphy is a reporter at WFUV. Emma, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And on this day in 1979, the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network made its cable debut. But you probably know it by a different name, or maybe even a song. That's right, Jay. ESPN, as it's known today, obviously has a strong reputation nowadays, but back in 79, the station was a little different. The station's first broadcast reached about 30,000 viewers, and other than its heritage show, SportsCenter, the station mainly showed non-pro sports, like baseball and college soccer. Queer Americans around the country are increasingly facing challenges to their rights, and here in New York City, some local organizations have been dealing with the fallout. WFUV's Avery Loftus spoke with one of these organizations, which serves LGBTQ plus youth in New York City's foster care system, to learn more about the work they're doing to help. Can you first start out by telling me a little bit about the history and programs at JCCA? So JCCA has been in the child care industry for around 200 years. Um, they have since expanded um, rebranding from Jewish child care to JCCA. My department, which is the LEAP and Education Department, um, where I worked with youth from 14 to 21, and I kind of assist them and help them as they transition from high school to college or high school to trade or in the employment industry. And more than 30% of those in foster care identify as LGBTQ+, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, they are also two times more likely to face mistreatment and discrimination in this care system. What types of services and supports do you think are most important for young people in foster care who identify as members of the LGBTQIA community? And what do you think you can offer as a youth coach to kind of foster a system of care and inclusivity? We have a lot of trainings with sensitivity and pronouns. I also think it's important to hire more queer people in the workspace so that youth feel safe. I think it's also important to recognize people's pronouns and respect them as well. Um, In my personal experience, I I love the fact that I do have youth that are on my case, so that do look up to me, that do communicate with me, and they see me as not only is this person alumni, but they are also queer. And whether they identify with that or not, I, I, I love that they see these people in these spaces and say, you know what, I can do that as well. There have been a lot of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. The ACLU yeah. is currently tracking nearly 500 bills that are currently in state legislatures. So how do you think organizations like JCCA can help to mitigate the discrimination and abuse within these systems. I do agree the current state of our legislators is really sad when it when it comes to queer survival. I do believe more tra- uh, more trainings will be effective and speaking to queer youth and getting their opinions um, and also educating ourselves and how we can protect ourselves and how we can get ourselves out of a bad situation. And on a lighter note, JCCA is in its 200th year. Why do you think an organization like JCCA has lasted so long? JCCA has this has this sort of resilience and adaptability to keep servicing and, and to keep finding out how we can help our clients and be there and be progressive. 
I would like to bring to my youth, all my caseload and out of my caseload, pride isn't just something that happens in June. You know, it's January to December and you are loved and people shouldn't have to hide and they're safe with us. That was WFUV's Avery Loftus on the work JCCA is doing to help New York City's LGBTQ plus foster children. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And that's What's What.